that's where it all started. I was so sick. I had literally no idea what was going on. And I just started grasping for straws and I was brave enough just to try something. Hello, I am Joel Ingram and this is Crisis to Crushing It podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk and I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today we have uh, Stephanie Wharton of Stephanie Wharton Wellness. Um, she is a, what's the, what's the word, Stephanie? How would you describe it? I call myself a functional health coach. Functional health coach, right? This is a new yes. one to me because I've okay. seen a couple of podcasts and on different different things. So um, would you like to des- describe a little more about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm an entrepreneur. I have my own business, Stephanie Wharton Wellness, like you just stated, and I'm a functional health coach. And sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. And other people will be like, so what's that? And I'll have to break it down a little bit. So I'm going to break it down a little bit for any listeners who are um, haven't heard the term before. So when we are looking at chronic symptoms, chronic illnesses, I'm the person who comes in and looks at the whole body to try to determine how to stop symptoms in their tracks and reverse them. So I use an approach that is a combination of nutrition, lifestyle approaches. I do blood chemistry analysis. So we take the data of the person's blood. I look at it. I analyze it. I see what type of patterns are going on, and then I'm able to do more targeted nutrition, more targeted supplementation, and then I provide a nutritional and healing protocol for that person so that they can make the change they want to make. Um, people work with me if they um, have already have a diagnosis, already have severe symptoms they're trying to get rid of, but then I also have people who um, just want to focus on living well and longevity, and they'll come Um, work with me and then we focus on X, Y, and Z to get you moving forward in the right path in the right direction. So it's very client driven. It's very goal driven, which I appreciate, but I'm also in the back end kind of combining the science with the nutrition to make sure that my clients can achieve their goals. Okay. It's cool, man. So this, this is taking it, this is taking it to another level. Yeah. I mean, people have great um, success with it because it's not just stemming from that old um, mindset of like the pill for every ill or, you know, let's just slap on, you know, a prescription or, or, you know, here's this page of, you know, here's 30 things to do and 30 things not to do and good luck. (laughs) I think part of the reason that people are really successful nowadays is because they have coaches and accountability groups and people who um, are there supporting them. So that's another thing that's a little bit different from a more traditional medical model where it's like, here, you're kind of on your own, go do this, where working with someone like me, who's a functional health coach, a health nutritional health coach, um, someone who specializes in nutri- nutrition, um, we're kind of there along the way with you. So we're, we're there providing the guidance, um, but we're also holding your hand and um, giving you that accountability piece as well. So yeah, it's, it's a little bit different, a little bit thinking outside the box, but it cool. works. So it's cool. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, if, if you love it, that's half the battle, you know? That's right. <laughs> so something you said then just grated on me. You said, um, uh, a pill for every ill. Mm, yeah. Uh, that, 
right. So we going down the route of um, Western medicine and well, prescribing pills for everything. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I do. I have to put this preface out there though, because a lot of people when they start working with someone who's you know holistic or alternative, they think like it's one hundred percent against you know the Western medicine, and I just I'm not. So. Um, I believe in getting like adequate blood work done. I believe that you should have a competent doctor in your life that's in communication with someone like me who's in the functional world. Um, but both of my son's lives as infants were saved by Western medicine. So I'm like very, very thankful for Western medicine. But at the same time, when it comes to chronic issues, like theirs were more intense, acute, needs to be dealt with right away sort of thing, which our um our medicine and the way it is in the hospitals with our doctors and our surgeons is top notch like i love it but when it comes to the chronic um illnesses i do think there is a better approach that um everyone should be jumping into and of course that's the functional health right really, yeah. that's what yeah. i'm doing <laughs> yeah it's all about balance isn't it you know it's uh and, and going with what you believe to be you know the right way to pursue it because I got friends in work that got high cholesterol, okay, and and they'll just be banging the worst food in the world on them, right? It's, it's okay, it's okay, it's fine because they take cholesterol tablets, right? Right? You know? They'll take, they'll take. That drives pill. me nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, so I have to ask you. So what frustrates you about that? Because you're a little bit more in the know, I believe. Well, yeah, I don't know about that, but I certainly, the fact that you're putting something into your body and then taking a pill to remedy it without taking any accountability on yourself for what you're putting in your body. Right. Okay. So there's a lot of changes that people can make on their own, in their own world, in their kitchen that would have a huge impact on something like a cholesterol level, for example, since you use that as the example. Um, do people still might, maybe they do have to take a pill um, intermittently to help them out. Absolutely. Um, this is what I have found. You really, really, really want to hang your hat on this concept of bio-individuality. So what works for this person is not always going to necessarily work for this person. Um, you know, I'm a thyroid health certified thyroid coach. So I work with a lot of women who have thyroid issues and I will have two women with almost identical symptoms coming to me, but I find that the approach for one is not the same approach for the other one. So that's kind of where the puzzle piecing comes into play with functional health too, is that you really have to listen to the client. You really have to um, ask the right questions. You really have to pay attention to things like the symptoms, the health history, you know, the supplements and how they're reacting in the body, um, you know, the food sensitivities, all of those things come into play so that a proper protocol can be created for this person and also for this person, but they might not be the same protocol. So I think that's where another one of those differences is, is like, yes, okay, you have this issue with blood pressure, you have an issue with thyroid, you have an issue with cholesterol, you're pretty much guaranteed to be prescribed the same medication across the board. Mm. So what with functional medicine doctors, functional medicine practitioners, functional health coaches like myself, what we're able to do is kind of look at that person as a standalone entity of themselves and figure out, okay, we know that traditionally X, Y, and Z is going to work for you. But we're also going to take in all of your, um, 
individual characteristics on top of that and then mold that to be like the perfect thing for you. Okay. No, that's cool. I mean, yeah. why is this taking so long to come into mainstream? And I, and I say mainstream, I mean my awareness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, you know, it, it is still up and coming. I think part, um, part of the reason potentially could be that um, some of the research isn't getting into the medical journals, into the training for medical doctors. There's a lag time there. So we might... You might have someone who is doing um, some medical research in kind of the functional medicine space, and they are publishing some journals. However, that study might not get into the literature for um, medical doctors for like a decade. So there's a decent lag time there. Um, And, you know, and also there's a mindset part of this, too, where you'll have um, people who are like, well, the pill works. So why would you do anything else? Right. So it's, there's also like, you know, just learning that, um, you know, there's interconnectedness at play within the body, within the system, um, that it's not, you know, one of the things that kind of does drive me crazy is that you go to like 14 different specialists. In fact, when I was really, really, really sick, I was so fatigued. I was, I had rashes all over my body. I, um, had joint pain. I can remember sitting on the couch one night I was watching TV and my legs were kind of up on the couch and I got lock joint in my knees. Like I could not straighten my legs. I couldn't. And it was like, it was like the, the drawing, the, the drawing point at that. I was like, okay, something has to change. So I started going to all these specialists. Well, I'm going to a cardiologist cause maybe it's my heart. I'm going to, you know, get all the autoimmune tests run cause maybe it's an autoimmune condition, which I do have. And then maybe it's, you know, X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to like 14 different places. I was like, I just need someone to look at like my whole body. And that is functional health is where you have practitioners and doctors who will look at your whole body, not like, you know, going to the uh, one specialist for one thing. That doesn't quite make sense because every system in the body um, depends or influences another system in the body. So there's this, like I said before, this interconnectedness that takes place that I want people to be aware of that when they, when they feel something is off on their body, when they feel like something is going on to think of it from a more functional, holistic perspective, like, okay, you know, um, I get a really upset stomach after I eat pizza. Great observation. But then I noticed that You know, I'm also getting really anxious at night and I'm feeling depressed. And you know what? Maybe there's something going on here where I'm eating one thing. It's impacting one system that influences another system. So there's a lot going on in the body that's all connected. And I think that's another huge um, piece of the puzzle is just to start thinking about the body in a different way. Yeah, you just done that for me. Thank you very much. Oh, you're uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, that I makes mean, And I'm, I'm aware of different systems. Do you know what I mean? It's like, this is the crazy bit. So I'm not, I'm, I'm aware, self-aware. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I eat pasta, my my gut mm-hmm. swells. I know, I'm aware of that. But then I'm thinking of my missus, she's the same. But then in the evening, she'll get like these, like not quite palpitations, but like a quickening of the heart. Mm-hmm. which can then freak her out a bit. And I've never actually put the, the two together, but I mean, yeah, um, it makes perfect sense. 
Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I recommend people do kind of right off the bat is just start um, seeing if you can track this in a journal. So, okay, so you would say, I ate pasta, I felt this in, in my stomach, and, you know, this happened. So once we're able to uh, recognize the pattern, we might be able to say after you doing this for a few days or a few weeks or whatever it takes, you know, okay, well, you know, you might be gluten sensitive or you might be gluten intolerant. Let's see if we take gluten out of your diet for three weeks if those symptoms start to go away and if you start to feel better and usually there's a domino effect so the stomach pain doesn't always just go away but you're feeling more energy you're losing weight you have less brain fog I mean there's a whole um, there's a whole bunch of different things that could happen just by thinking about your body in a different way so step one is pay attention step two is start journaling and writing it down because the sooner that you can make a connection between for like with the example that you gave I eat something and then I feel this way well the next time we eat that thing we're not going to really be thinking about the time before when we felt like garbage right no. we're gonna be like oh I've got this pizza in front of me I've got this bowl of pasta in front of me I'm just gonna sit down and like chow it down and I'm gonna think about how good this food is without necessarily thinking about oh this is what happened last time I'm the same way with um, soy I have a terrible uh, soy uh, intolerance. And so every single time I eat it, usually it's accidentally because soy lecithin is like plugged into every natural foods product now. Um, I will get like a super severe headache, like right across the front of my head. And then I will get lethargic. So I get headache, then lethargic. And it took like three or four times for this to happen. So I've, over time, I developed this sensitivity. And now I'm like, reading every label. Is there soy lecithin in this? If there is, I know not to eat it. Because not only are you making yourself feel like garbage, and you have to deal with the aftermath, you're also creating, um, sometimes when we choose to do this, you're also creating lev high, higher levels of inflammation in your system. And those contribute to the chronic inflammation, which continues to contribute to the chronic symptoms, right? So if you're like, okay, like I can't figure out why I can't lose this weight or, oh my gosh, I can't figure out why I have this headache all the time or I can't figure out why I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Start to pay attention to what you're eating and then how you're feeling, you know, after it. That is a really good place to start. So I'm glad you brought that up. So how, how long afterwards uh, would you say to monitor it? Because I'm, you know, the three o'clock thing, I've, I've gone, I go through spells of that. Where it's like for a week, I'll just wake up three or four o'clock every every night, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and and be awake. I'm done with sleeping. Do you know what I mean? It's not a, a little blip. It's like yeah, it's time to get up now. Um, yeah, I mean for for sleep um, specifically, it's probably um, something that you would have to look at with like your macronutrients. Like, are you eating balanced diets where you're eating enough protein and fat and healthy carbohydrates? You know, are you eating enough of those? You know. Um, you know, are you drinking a lot of water before you're going to, you know, sleep at night? Are you on the, you know, electronics being shot with blue light, you know, 24 seven, you know, and you know, where the protective glasses, right? <laughs> we know about those. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so there's a lot of things that can impact sleep, especially when hormones are off too. So the sit, when you start to have, um, you know, higher levels of chronic inflammation, it can go any which way. Hmm. Um, and a lot of times it can throw off some of those sleep hormones so that you have 
cortisol um, waking you up at three in the morning when it should be waking you up at six in the morning. So you might have a cortisol curve that is a little bit off of balance. Um, you know, so there's for sleep, I have found like sleep is the one thing that is super individualized. Um, that it takes a lot of questioning to figure out, okay, what is this specific person doing throughout the day? How are they eating? How are, what is their nighttime routine looking like? Um, and there are also, you know, certain things that you can get on a functional level, like, um, you know, checking your cortisol four times a day, getting an adrenal panel. How would you and, check um, your cortisol? That would be through doctor. You would get a, um, so, uh, you would get a, uh, lab run that would check for cortisol. I recommend the saliva cortisol, which is four. It's just like a spit test four times a day and then they check it and then you can get the four markers, um, throughout. But, you know, you want to have higher cortisol right there in the morning because it's waking your body up. So at like 6am, you should be getting the surges of cortisol. If you have low morning cortisol, which a lot of people with hypothyroidism have, you're going to struggle. You're really going to struggle getting out of bed. I dealt with that for years. Um, and so, you know, as, as your cortisol dips, your melatonin is going to rise to help you get into that rest and digest state so you can go to sleep a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, you know, there's certain things like, you know, if you're waking up in the middle of the night consistently, it's going to, it could even be some neurotransmitter that needs support. So there's a lot of different angles and ways you can go with the sleep. But again, thinking about it from um, a functional perspective would help you figure it out as opposed to maybe just taking like a sleeping pill. Yeah. Or you would to the root cause of it. Like it, it, my wife did a pitch a while back on stage and she did it on sleep and she dug up some information on um, melatonin tablets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Super not good. <laughs> Super not good is a Super very clinical way to say that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I actually do advise people to, like to stay away from them, especially long-term. Hmm. Um, like once in a great while. Okay. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you. If it's something that, you know, if anyone's listening and you're, you're on like your fourth year of taking melatonin every night, it's time to look at the root cause, like what's really going on in your system because you don't want to take melatonin long-term. Yeah, yeah. It can, it can actually um, cause your body to stop making its own melatonin. Mm. Which is super bad. <laughs> yeah. We don't want that to go. No, 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 no. Okay. So you, I mean, I like I like everything you're saying, and the, the one of the words that made me freak not freak out, but like think Ugh, was Ugh. Macro, macronutrients. Oh, like don't that, be that word it. No, it doesn't scare me, but it's like oh effort. <laughs> you know what? I agree with you. I'm actually one of the I'm, I'm of I'm of the mindset like I don't have people count calories unless it's um absolutely essential. But macronutrients, I can give you a really quick tip. Um, if you take a dinner plate and you, there's, there's two, two layers here. So you take a dinner plate and you kind of split it down the middle. Yeah. Half of that should be vegetables, plants. Right. right. Okay. Got it. So that's going to actually count for most of your carbohydrate intake. So your three macronutrients are your fat, protein, carbs. Yep. Okay. 
Now, when traditionally people are thinking about carbs like pastas and breads and grains like rice, and they're right, but we want to stay away from the refined carbohydrates. We want to go more towards the whole grains um, if you can tolerate and digest those. Um, starchy vegetables are another great choice and then non-starchy vegetables and we also have fruit so all of those are actually carbohydrates so when I'm building my plate I eyeball it I'm not counting calories I'm not using a calculator I'm just eyeballing is half my plate vegetables yeah okay I've got my carbs covered and then I, I basically take the other half of the plate and I do about um, I guess it would be like 30 percent of that would be from a protein source and that again can be more plant in the protein you know getting your protein source from plants or it can be an animal protein and then the rest is fat mm-hmm. um and healthy fats can be you know avocado it can be like a fatty cut of fish would like salmon is a really healthy fatty cut of fish um seeds and nuts and you know drizzling um good olive oil on top of like a salad, for instance, would be a way to get your healthy fat in. So I kind of eyeball it and I'm thinking, okay, do I have all three components on my plate in, a, you know, that structure and it doesn't have to be perfect. And if I do, I'm like, that's a good balanced meal. And if I don't, then it's just a snack. <laughs> <laughs> and how many of them are you knocking out the day then? Uh, so uh, balanced meals. How many of those yeah, full plates would you be looking to consume a day? Between, well, probably around three for every meal. Um, yeah, so I, I, will get, I will give you like the million dollar tip for anyone who's like looking to like, okay, they're listening to this and they're like, this all sounds great. Might be a little overwhelming. Where do I start? What do I do? What can I like go and implement tomorrow? I find that my clients who are the most successful are the ones that I um, can convince to eat breakfast that looks a lot like their dinner. So including all the macronutrients, not necessarily relying on that standard diet of, you know, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have cereal. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have toast and eggs and um, nothing wrong with eggs, but like the toast and the bagels and the refined, you know, pastries and croissants and everything that's so breakfasty, it's going to kill your energy levels. So when you start to think about your breakfast, start to think about it. I want this to look a lot like dinner. In fact, a lot of times my breakfast will be my dinner reheated. Even my eight-year-old who goes to school, he's getting sweet potatoes and grilled chicken for breakfast and a side of black beans. So it's... Yeah, and I, I tell you what, there's no 3 p.m. energy drop. No? Because the ticket is getting the fat and the protein in early in the morning, and it will help to sustain you throughout the day. Yeah, I can, yeah, I've, 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 done, a, I've done a slant on this um, with regards to the vegetables and avocado, and like, mm-hmm. my, my breakfast was something like spring greens, mm. poached, poached egg or boiled eggs. Mm-hmm olive oil and apple cider vinegar beautiful but it yeah it, it, I, I don't know I, did, I started getting the craving for porridge <laughs> wait so maybe you're not getting enough calories right and this is the other, this is the other thing so I, I went very lean and very strict to the point where I was smashing my spins classes 
and I, and I, when I went to one and I, and I struggled like I've never struggled before and I haven't been back. Mm, okay, we got to change that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need more fat in your diet over there. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a little bit naughty over Easter. But <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good stuff. Though. This is good stuff. I mean, obviously, at some point, for you to be this, you, you, this is not something you learn just because it's, it's, you know, just because you can. This is, this feels yeah. like a passion. So, like you said, you were... In, in a situation where you needed somebody to look at you in a more holistic way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not something that I just picked a book up and said, Oh, this looks interesting. Let me read about functional health and then tell people, no, no. The first thing that happened is I lived through the hell of it um, where I didn't know what was going on. I was teaching full time um, in a school district right outside Washington, DC. And um I was teaching full time and I had some extra responsibilities at work as well. And then I would go to the gym and, um, you know, I was trying to maintain a really um, intense um, workout schedule. I, I was a division one athlete in college and I had it in my mind that I had to keep this intensity up. So I tried to do that for years, um, realizing that I was probably making myself sicker, but that's another story. Um and so I would either come straight home from work or straight home from the gym. And I would just literally pass out on the couch to the point where I wasn't even able to change my clothes, take my shoes off, shower. I would wake up at 6 a.m. the next morning and like do the whole thing over again just because I had to. But I was dragging. I was so sick. And then the, the symptoms that I shared with you earlier were full blown flare ups. And I had no idea what was happening. Um, and I would be, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher, right? So I, in my care, I have 20 plus some students. I'm like, I have to keep it together. Like these kids depend on me. I'm a good teacher. Like this is who I am. Like push through it. So all day long, I was like, push through it, push through it, push through it. Well, it got to the point where my body just crashed and I literally could not function anymore. And I started to go to the doctors. Um, and so, you know, the, the funny thing is, though, is that when they ran the blood work, they said everything was normal. They're like, everything's normal. Um, you're probably healthier than you think you are. And then they gave me a card to go talk to somebody because they said it's probably all in your head. Now, this is just one PCP. OK, this is just one doctor. But it really offended me because I was like, I'm here asking for help. I mean, I had butterfly rash across my face. Like you could see it in me. You could see it on me. And I was told that there was nothing wrong with me. Um, and, and then there was another specialist and the advice was um, go home. And when the symptoms get worse, come back. Yeah. And I'm like, there has to be another way. So that right there was the catalyst. That's when I started to get all the books, all the websites. I started following people like Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Andrew Weil, um, Chris Carr. They were really big um, influences in my early journey because I didn't know what to do. And so I'm reading Chris Carr's book and I'm reading the websites of, you know, Dr. Mark Hyman and Andrew Weil. I'm like, huh, it says here that if I eat this way, I might feel better. And if I do these X, these other things, I might feel better. And then I did them. 
Okay, so I'm I'm not the type of person to just be like, woe is me, you know, go cry in the corner. I'm like, I'm going to fight this and I'm going to figure out what it is. So all my extra energy went into extra. I say extra, but I'm laughing at myself saying extra. All my energy <laughs> went into um, kind of looking at all this information. I started to make changes and I am not kidding you. It took a very short amount of time. Within three months, my symptoms were gone. Go it was like there, three months symptoms were gone. And I'm thinking to myself, what just happened? What's going on? And I started, I needed to learn more. And then I enrolled myself in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I, that's where I became a cert, uh, board certified health coach. Um, and then, then I went down more into the specialized route of thyroid health, but that's where it all started. I was so sick. I had literally no idea what was going on. And I just started grasping for straws and I was brave enough just to try something. Um, and it started with the way that I was cooking my meals, the way that I was, um, my lifestyle. Like I had to stop going to the gym two hours a day and, you know, doing the treadmill, doing the weights, doing the classes. Like I didn't have to do all that stuff. It was actually making me sicker um, because my adrenals were completely completely shot and they were screaming at me. And at that point, I didn't even know I had adrenals, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, what? So I've learned so much, but you're absolutely right. It came from a place where um, I had to realize that living optimally was a choice. I had to wake up and choose to get better. I had to wake up and, and choose to take the next step, to learn the next thing, to um, start stacking up the small steps so that I really could create the Great Pyramid. And I feel like I am at that point now where I, I feel better than I have in a really, really, really long time. And it's because all of this information, all of this, um, all of this stuff that I've collected over the years is really top of mind all the time because I wake up every day and I choose to live optimally. I choose to work on my mindset. I choose to put effort into meal planning. And I choose, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, everyone has to make that choice. Like if you, like you could have the best health coach in the world, right? But if you can't wake up and make that choice for yourself, then there's no one out there who can do it for you. You have to, you have to, you have to persevere and not settle and want to live that better life. And I think that applies to everything, not just health, but, you know, wake up and make the choice to be better. Yeah, no, I agree. So if, if you was to, can you, you linked in your head enough with the, the situation when you were sick that you can recall how you felt like in your, in yourself and what sort of emotions were going on for you and stuff when you were in that position? When where... I was in that, um, well, I, felt completely helpless to help myself. Right. So I'm like, I, I can't help myself. I don't know what to do, which led to frustration. And so the frustration kicked in and then the overwhelm kicked in. The overwhelm was probably, you know, the worst because I could not, I couldn't like, I couldn't figure out what to do next to help myself. So it's like this combination of um, just an onslaught of, you know, I'm not good enough. I can't believe my body's giving up on me. Like you start to run this negative self-talk through your head because you see everyone else out there crushing it. And then you have this thing going on inside your body that 
people can't really see. It's not like, you know, I'm wearing a like cast on my arm or leg or like a neck brace. Like you can't like see this thing going on. And that's true for so many people with chronic symptoms. And so you'll look at the people around you like, how do they have so much energy? How can they, you know, bust through and get all that stuff done? How can they, you know, whatever it is, you know, you start comparing yourself to other people. And then you start to tell yourself like, oh, your body's not good enough. You're, you know, what is wrong? You start to say, what is wrong with you? Why me? You know, and that negative self-talk can actually um, create this um, really deep, dark space. Mm -hmm. So the anxiety starts to kick in, the depression starts to kick in. Um, and I, I dealt with that. I, um, I, I did have to, to, um, you know, work on my mindset. I had to, you know, listen to, to, um, positivity all the time. I had to surround myself with people who knew that I could get better and kind of block out all the negative talk. So I think the, the, the feelings are, um, you know, they vary for each person kind of depending on the severity of what they're going through when, when they don't know what's happening with their health. Mm. Um, and I'm always aware of that when I bring on a new client, we have a really good talk about, you know, where they are emotionally because the emotional component of this is very important. You have to be willing to kind of unlock that part of yourself. If you want to heal that, that, um, that, that the power of the mind has so much to do with how effective the body can heal that yeah. you want to make sure that that is um, talked about and not just hidden. And it's not just the focus on the food because honestly, eat kale all day long, you know, <laughs> do yoga every single day if you want. But if you're not really addressing like the negative self-talk and the emotional part of it, you're not going to get better. Hmm. you'll keep yourself you'll keep you'll stay sick because yeah. that's where you're comfortable and that's where you want to be really so there is definitely that emotional component to it i think you just touched on a good thing then comfort it's it's, it's funny how you how you can be in a complete state of lo uh, like loss to a to a degree as in like you don't know where you are and how to help yourself mm -hmm. but then there's like you said, that the frustration and the overwhelm is kicking in. And it's only until you change the question from like, not why me, but this is unfair and everything else that starts to come out and you actually shift that and think, well, what can I do? Yeah. You know, and that's for me, I, it took hitting bottom to get to that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, realizing I couldn't go on the way I was going on. It, it just wasn't an option. And I think a lot of people settle just before bottom. I, I, I think they maybe don't actually bottom out. It's, it's bearable. It's, it, I'll get by. We can get on. Get it's, I'll get through. It's okay mm -hmm. to live like all, all these things that, you know, they keep telling themselves and then without realizing, well, hang on a minute. Now, if I actually address this and look at what's going on, I could completely change my life. Well, the, so the other, I think the other part of that is allowing yourself to think beyond your current self. So give yourself the space and the permission to envision what your life can look like if you do X, Y, and Z. And I think a lot of times we get into that place where we're comfortable. We have this, this space that we're living in and we, like you said, we settle. This is it. This is the, these are the cards I've been dealt. This is what, you know, I'm going to deal with. 
And then we don't allow ourselves to think beyond that, to think bigger. We're the goals that we make are sometimes even too small. We're not thinking um, on a larger scale and therefore we won't take the steps to actually achieve those bigger goals. No, you're right. And uh, you know, I, I, I can understand. I mean, you, you said you've been there. I've been there with them, um, like medication, depression, yeah. uh, my ki- crying with my cluster headaches and seeing my kids see me cry um, and the, rocking in the chair just to try and get some relief. My wife coaching me and my, ki- my kids seeing me crying, they start crying. Yeah. Oh. And I turned around and, I, and then I started taking the pills, which mm-hmm. then turned me into a zombie. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't functioning. I just, well, I was, I was barely a functioning human being. Yeah. Um, and I thought this is, this is not the life I want to create for my family. But it took that to, to, to move me and kick me up the ass. To get that sense of, okay, well, if this is not what I want, what do I want? And you yeah. were able to ask yourself that even at rock bottom. If I don't want this, what do I want? And you came up with something that was better and you've turned your life around. Oh, 100%. But I, 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 can, also, I can also buy into the fact that people, it's a struggle when you're in that constant pain and, and the sense of not knowing where to go and what to do. Yeah. I can understand how people can yeah. stay in that, that layer, you know? Well, here's, here's the thing. A, a lot of us um, don't know there's options out there. They're not aware that there are people who can help them, especially in the health world. Like, yeah, functional health is still in its infancy and not enough people know about it. And it's one of the things that I want to do is to help, you know, spread that message. Hmm. Um, but, you know, just to know, like, there's something else out there beyond just, um, you know, taking a pill hmm. or beyond just, um, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever the protocol is, right. That's not working. If it's not working, know that there is something else out there that will work. You just have to be open to receiving it. Do a little bit of research. If it's something in the health space, I would encourage anyone to, you know, look up getting into functional health, functional medicine, because it will absolutely change your life. Okay. I think, I know we've got a shoot in a minute. So, can it, we, we, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up on that one. That's a that's a brilliant place to end with it. Um, yeah. I know your, your little one's going to be waking up in a minute. He'll so be we, knocking on the wall. And- <laughs> <laughs> so, <Love you. laughs> would you be able to just tell my audience on what platforms they can find you? Yeah, so I have a website, thewellsideoflife.com. Um, I'm on Instagram um, pretty frequently. Every day, I'm posting um, at Stephanie Wharton Wellness. Okay. Yeah, and then I have a, a Facebook business page, also Stephanie Wharton Wellness. Okay, guys, I'm going to list all the links to the Stephanie's. Uh, uh, and if honestly, if anyone wants to reach out personally, they can email me Stephanie at thewellsideoflife.com. There you go, fantastic. Yeah, thank you, Stephanie, for today. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Uh, thank thank you for your wisdom. It's uh, it's been a, a mind opener. And that's great. I think I only asked you two of the questions I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Look what we did. We just keep going on those tangents. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good though. It's good digging. You know, it's uh, hopefully it's, it, it'll impact someone that will, will actually be bothered to reach out. I hope they do. Absolutely. That's, 
yeah, if it can change one person's way of thinking, then it was all worth it. Yeah, cool. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a blast. Yes. <laughs> was, it, was it as bad as you thought? No, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. There you go. You, you, you started off. Now, this is the start of the run now. So you just need to spread the word, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I do. Okay. I feel feeling pretty good. So, yeah, I just want to keep it keep it going. Okay. Okay. Is it uh, anything you'd like to add or anything that I can help you with or anything at all? Nope. No? Cool? Okay. okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Um, is, have I cut it off in time or could we set about 10 to the me? Is that good for you? Yeah, it's perfect. It gives I, us me plenty of time. I, I didn't, I didn't want to go too close to the little one waking up and, and then you'd be in the flow of something and, and not come out, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's perfect. Okay. Yeah, no, he, he, he's good for a few more minutes. And then, uh, the, the eight year old comes home at like three thirty. So, okay, cool. A little bit of buffer time. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> stuff. Well, thank you again for your time. Stephanie's completely really appreciate that. It was uh, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. I know I need to, um, I need to get us all booked in with you. My mother included. <laughs> <laughs> Just started that membership this month. We are doing all on gut health. And then I bring in a guest expert every month too. Cool. Yeah, so I've got uh, Joy uh, Jess Royston coming in, and she is a um, gut brain axis guru. So she is going to be talking to us about how our digestive health really impacts our mental health, specifically anxiety, depression, brain fog, and so um, I'm really looking forward to that. She's awesome. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 going well. People are starting to like pick up on the fact that I am a functional health coach and now I have a functional health membership. So teaching people through, I do master classes and then I bring the guest experts in and then I have the office hours so people can hop in and ask me questions every week if they want to. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you've got spaces? Yeah. What's that? Is there spaces? Yeah. Yeah. So I just, um, I onboarded two women today, which was exciting. So yeah, there's, there's plenty of room. I'm going to grow this thing. <laughs> absolutely. You will. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited too. Good. Good. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Go on and I'll let you go. Cause the little man's be coming now. It was fun. Thanks. I'll touch base with you soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you again. Thank you very much. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Have a good one. You too. Cheers, Stephanie. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.